Welcome to the Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. (laughs) We are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Nathan Minahan, the founder of both Walk and Talk and Big Murphy's. Walk and Talk was born on the inspirational sunburned streets of Buenos Aires, Argentina. Studying abroad, enterprising founder Nathan Minahan started making and selling handmade leather-bound journals at a colorful street fair. Nathan sold his guitar in a basement bar in Buenos Aires, bought 60 pounds of leather, and returned to the States with a plan to build Walk and Talk. In 2012, Walk and Talk was founded in Chicago and currently produces handmade, high-quality leather goods designed to inspire a philosophy of self-creation through intentional travel. The Walk and Talk philosophy aims to inspire individuals to get lost to find yourself. A portion of profits are donated to Youth Exchange and soon travel throughout Walk and Talk Dreambox Scholarship. Check out details there at walkandtalk.com slash pages slash dreambox. Also, Big Murphy's, which was born out of a burning desire to offer a unique line of leather products that speak volumes about who you are and why you, what you do, what you do. All of those products in the Big Murphy's line are custom made to order in four to six weeks. All their leather comes from Italy and their hardware is sourced from the best producers in the world. Not China. <laughs> their goods are handmade in the region of Bohemian Central Europe with skilled arson and craftsmanship. Enjoy this episode with the founder, Nathan Minahan. Side note, this is a two-part episode. We just had so much to talk about that I break up in two episodes. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. So special little episodes of Sitting down with Nathan Minahan of Walk and Talk and Big Murphy's in one of our favorite little spots, the farmhouse. Nathan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. Just here with some friends. I uh, just walked into a bar and it's a great feeling. I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, you know, you walk into a bar and you find, you thought you were going to find one or two friends and you've got four of your closest pals sitting there and, um, yeah, it just kind of takes me back to my times in the younger years in the Czech Republic. So tell us a little bit more about what you do. You are an entrepreneur that's running a few companies right now. What's that all about? Um, well, so basically at the heart of what I do is uh, I'm, I love bringing to life different ideas, uh, basically visionary concepts to life through handcrafted leather goods and other quality goods. Um, 
you know, I, I originally was an exchange student and had this desire to become an artist and really create who I was. I always felt kind of pigeonholed as a high schooler going to this all guys high school and middle school and really wanting to, you know, kind of spread my wings before even going to college. I really wanted to learn another language and I wanted to create myself as an artist. So I, I was able to do that through student exchange, which somehow led to this building of this uh, first brand of leather goods, Walk and Talk, and then which then led to Big Murphy's. Before we launch into the details of your company, I think everyone, myself included, are sitting in their seats of exchange students. A lot of us went to college, a lot of us considered study abroad. Are you not American? Were you transferred here or you study abroad somewhere? What 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 really prompted you to get these businesses started? Because running one business is a handful for a lot of people. Running two successful businesses is incredible. Please walk us through the step by step process of what's going through your mind when you're deciding hey, this is kind of my motivation, this is my drive in my life. Maybe a few years back, and then we'll swoop into Walk and Talk, and then Big Murphy's as a launch last week. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, deep down, I've always felt uh, kind of a longing and a need to connect with others. And I was always feeling very isolated in my younger years, uh, going to Tall Guys High School, not having time for friends. And being an exchange student, learning another language, it opened my life so much um, in terms of just on every level, like, you know, finally finding friends, becoming an artist, uh, letting all that unravel through this exchange student experience. Um, it just it led to a very interesting learning curve in the international world. Um, I realized some truth about uh, kind of creating yourself through a trip, that a trip is actually a vehicle for personal growth and transformation, and that the possibilities that are available to us in our mundane world, our everyday, what we consider as the mundane, are different than the possibilities that are available to us in you know the realm of possibilities, the foreign or the exotic or the different. And there's a phrase in Spanish that says that no one is a prophet in his or her own land. You know, nadie es profeta en su propia tierra. And it means you know it's like when you go to another place, you're instantly um, you become like the center of. Uh, like the world is somehow reintroducing itself to you because people have questions about where you come from and so instantly you're an ambassador for your country you're an ambassador for your family who you are, your background um, and I have this concept that this idea that you reintroduce yourself to the world um, you say, people ask you, what's your name, where are you from, what are your dreams, what do you do, right? And this series of questions causes such a reevaluation of values every time you're there, wherever you are, that it really creates um, this beautiful kind of pattern of way of being that allows you to continuously evolve that side of yourself. So with Walk and Talk, um, I was in my third year of college. I had already been hand sewing a backpack. Uh, it took me about three years to make. And it was just kind of for fun. I, I was always like scouting these backpacks, like everyone's backpack on the L train in Chicago. And this one old guy, I saw him in a cafe the other day, so it's like five years since I started making my backpack, maybe even like seven years. Yeah, something like that, yeah. And um, I saw him and I 
you know, went up to him and said, you actually inspired me to make my very first backpack because he had the same backpack with him. Anyway, so I started with a backpack and then I started making a couple different leather journals. Uh, one was for my first girlfriend in college. Um, first, not your last. <laughs> well, my first of two, you know, um, something like that. And Jealous. You know, and so actually I bought my first roll of leather, like very, very first one in Czech Republic in this little store and I made two journals and a belt and a bag out of that. One journal went to my girlfriend who went to Rome, the other journal went to me, which was a thousand pages and it was so big that I actually made a satchel just to carry that journal. I brought that journal with me to Argentina along with some journals that I made out of beer boxes that were just hand-sewn paper with cardboard. And by being an exchange student, I realized how important it was to bring gifts to your country you're going to. So I gave away these journals as gifts. And one of them I covered in leather and I gave to like one of the loves of my life who I met there. She was a lot older than me. Um, we totally fell in love. I went to this art fair one day and met this guy who became like my mentor. Um, he, he did all sorts of jewelry and he always would talk about the power of the creatividad, you know, the power of the creativity. And he would always teach me, I would come to him with my leather designs, and he would say, but make it appear without a trace. You know, he wouldn't tell me the technique to use, but he'd say, oh, but make it appear without just the, just the necessary number of stitches, you know. And so that philosophy that I learned then is something I carry down in everything that I design and do now. Not totally minimalistic, but just... It has to have that touch. It has to have that without a trace, you know what I mean? Or not an unnecessary stitch kind of a thing. Um, and so I actually, my brother visited me in Argentina. I told him, bring my guitar with you. And I had this idea I was going to sell my Fender Strat, but I didn't really play anyway. And I was going to sell it in this basement bar in Argentina. It turned out that I sold it on something like a, like an eBay, but in in Argentina. So I sold it for like 650 bucks along with this cool vintage case. And I got, I bought 60 pounds of leather. I shipped it up to the States um, with my dad who was visiting for a time. Um, but actually I kind of left an important detail out of the story. I, I made the first journal for her and I moved in with her a month later. And then I started selling my journals on the street corner in Buenos Aires. And that's how this all started. Um, I was wanting to talk about that student exchange experience. I was thinking, what am I going to do after college? And I really wanted to be an ambassador for student exchange in some facet. So I had this idea that the journals I was making, I was staining them with a bucket of coffee on my rooftop. In Argentina. In Argentina. And I was staining the journals, the paper with coffee, and laying it to dry on my rooftop where I was collecting pallets of wood, prying them apart and like putting them on top of the paper so they wouldn't fly away. And then I made this canopy and put a hammock under it and hung a little light bulb and I would like hang out up there and work up there. And I was sewing the journals, I was I would actually iron the paper after I finished staining it with coffee. It was so beautiful. It would it would it would dry in the hot Buenos Aires sun. And yeah, it was just so hot up there. It was like this tar roof. It was crazy. I had to put the chairs on skis. I made skis out of these pieces of wood because the chairs would actually puncture the tar roof. <laughs> it was ridiculous. 
it was, it was really something. It's a different world, but yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, different, for it, yeah. different world. So I just didn't want to leave that detail out. So I, I brought all this leather back up to Chicago, and I went back to the Czech Republic to visit my friends, and I was asked to play this concert. Uh, I'd like to sing and play guitar, and I opened for kind of a famous uh, act, you know, some kind of a folklore guy. And I played a few songs, and I started realizing that all the stories I was telling in Czech and in Spanish and in English, like I was writing songs in all these languages, everyone was wondering, like, who is this guy? Like, where is he from? You know, is he Czech or is he what? You know? And I remembered something that my my teacher, my basically leather guru, had always told me, which is a quote from Carlos Castaneda, which says, Tienes que hacer para que nadie sepa de donde eres. You have to make so that nobody knows where you're from. That was a Carlos Castaneda quote. And this idea of you know not leaving a trace, right? That's that's kind of a common thread in my design process. So I got off the stage, I bumbled through the crowd, and some people asked me, you know, like where are you from and are you your parents check or something? And I went down back to the table in the back of the concert hall where my friends were sitting. I pulled out an infinity pad, which is my most popular journal that I wrote down. The infinity pad is a three by five inch, uh, kind of like an index card size, leather bound pad that swivels on a Chicago screw. It's refillable. I pull it out of my back pocket, I open it up in my left hand, grab all my pen, and I write down this phrase, get lost to find yourself. And when I wrote down that phrase, I looked at a friend of mine next to me, and I just like lit up with excitement. And I, I realized I, I wrote down something that was, it hit me, you know, like what I was trying to define, you know, about walk and talk and about this brand I was coming up with. It just came to me kind of with a lightning bolt moment, you know. And I didn't really know what it was, was, you know, and I was kind of scared to think, oh, I could disclaim that phrase. And then I get back to Chicago, and I bring back with me two things. I bring back a lamp that I got in an antique store that was from the 1930s, and a hat that I was given, also from the 1930s, in an apartment that was my friend's great uncle's. It had been untouched for almost a half a century or longer. And this hat inside says Novi Smir, which means New Direction. In what language? In Czech. Okay, Czech, right. And the lamp, I was so surprised that it was still intact by the time I got back. I have this idea when I get back to Chicago that I'm going to build a loft in my apartment that uh, it could, be, could hang the lamp. And it, the lamp, we always would hang lamps in the, in the Czech countryside. And so I wanted to hang the lamp so that it would kind of feel like I was in a Czech uh, country house. And so I build a loft just to hang this lamp. So I build this eight by eight foot loft. I go to the hardware store. I buy like $600 worth of plywood. I have it delivered to the back alley. I like really sneakily with the building manager's approval who just speaks Spanish. Like I bring it up the back elevator. And then during the day I would go to work sawing with like my circular saw, my jigsaw, my, you know, my screw gun, everything, you know, but mostly just during the day because I would be pounding away and then people would be like pounding back. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck are you doing in your I apartment? I have apartment neighbors. <laughs> I understand how it works. Hey, you're vacuuming. We bang the wall. The big bag. I'm like, stop vacuuming at 11 p.m. at night. Yeah. Turns out some people actually have to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or you just drop the two by four or a sheet of plywood or like a hammer on the ground. You know what I mean? So the thing was, in order to construct this, I just couldn't put any nails into the wall. Okay. So I made all these, all these freestanding lofts 
and I would just pivot them and pressure them into the wall so they couldn't move with separate pieces of two by four. So anyway, then I built a staircase going up to the second story of it. I hung the lamp, I built these built-in seating, and then I started adding all these bookshelves. And it became this little labyrinth of shelves and this little loft. And I started having this view when I would wake up in the morning. So those things that I found on that trip to the Czech were very quintessential in kind of building a plat, sorry, quite literally a platform that I was going to use to then build the brand. Because my space in my apartment is 400 square feet, 450 square feet. So by putting that first loft, I sort of doubled the one room. I made it my bedroom. So like, what happens is within a couple years, you know, I kept building in there. One loft turned into three lofts, turned into a table with pulleys and sailing winches that goes up and down, that ties off to a boat fleet. And I always imagined that I was actually building a little boat. That was kind of my idea. Because I grew up working on a 100-year-old wooden boat and living in this boatyard for some time in college. So anyway, but the interesting thing was that there was a girl who worked for the Chicago Reader as, a, as an editor assistant. And she had suggested her friend, myself, who had an interesting apartment that potentially they might feature as a space article for the Chicago Reader. So these journalists, I'm, in, I'm sitting in the boatyard in Rochester, New York. It's like a really hot Sunday day in July. And I get a call from her, and they said they want to do an interview on me. So I said, okay. So and this is your apartment in New York or Chicago? So this is my apartment in New York where they wanted to interview me, but okay. I'm in Rochester, New York, visiting and home, and I'm in the boatyard. It's okay. a place where I grew up working as a kid and hanging out. My godfather has this old wooden boat. And I'm sitting on the steps of our camper, which is on the riverbank, and I get this phone call. So I get back to Chicago, and I'm like, you know, my apartment's not done being built yet, but sure, you can come over and do this. So the article came out finally a few weeks later, and it was like in every reader and whatever is on like the second page. And like, I'm serious, like I was walking down the street, people like recognized me. There was this one lady, she comes up to me, she's like, Nathan, you have no idea. She's like, you changed our life. Like my family and I are finally going to build the house of our dreams. Like we saw your space and we just loved it. And I said, all right, well, thank you very much. I'm glad that you know, my space somehow inspired you. And so, you know, it was, it was really interesting. So that space and that apartment really kind of contributed to building the foundation for my designs and stuff too. Because I have a lot of machines in there and I'm able to flawlessly like work very well in there. And I have this view of Chicago, Lake, Lake Michigan. So this view kind of is a big part of what inspires me. I love being near water. Um, so anyway, kind of that, that's a little bit in a nutshell, the story, you know, like how I first started getting the roots set for the brand for Walk and Talk. Now, the other side of it is the production and the making of the journals. So I initially came up with some designs that, you know, I was always sitting over these cardboard templates and thinking there must be a way that I could design something in metal that could just punch out the letter, you know? So I first start painstakingly... Sorry, one second. Yeah. What, what, what do you mean? What do I design something in metal and punch it out the yeah, so, I missed that jump. Okay, so in so leather is enamel good. Metal is a mineral good. What do you mean with that? Right. So the leather, essentially, when you craft a journal or anything from leather, you cut it out from the hide, and you can cut it in different ways. You can use scissors. You can use uh, exacto knife. You can use you know whatever you want to use. Exactly. But in order to create a, uh, an exact copy or a consistent 
design, you need to have a template made. Okay. Right? I imagine there must be some kind of a template, but because I never had any formal training in leather making, okay. I never saw one of these templates, and I should have Googled it sooner, you know? But there wasn't so much stuff that came up about cutting dyes, you know? Um, so anyway, I start phoning around and imagining there must be something called a metal cutting die. I just got out of college, 2012, and I had decided, like, okay, I'm going to make these journals, and I'm going to somehow make my rent, and somehow make this work. My yeah. rent's like 750 months then. Anyway, and so I decided, okay, you know, I'm going to make this work somehow. I didn't have a side job. I was kind of, like, sheltered and thinking that I was going to make it work. So I get, like, this small loan to start the brand, um, you know, family loan, and then also some kind of personal loan. Yeah. And anyhow, so, like, to the tune of, like, $15,000. So... I start going and thinking, okay, I'm gonna call around, get this figured out. So I meet these Amish over the phone. I give them my designs. You know, I make up these thumbnail sketches, step by step, stitch by stitch, everything. Send them letters. Never saw them face to face for four years. Never had seen them. But this is based on just kind of things you imagine, based on things you experience in the art world. Back in the Czech Republic, etc. No, these are, these are designs. These are designs how, how that I created. Oh, sorry. What, what was the step from? From the Czech Republic to Chicago. I the step from. I'm a student to. Oh, sorry, business. Like, what was oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I was I was dead set on starting Walk and Talk as a brand from the yeah. second that I started it on my rooftop in Buenos Aires. That was like I was gonna do it. You know what I mean? Also, oh, like back people were like, "You're crazy." You know what I mean? I didn't know web design. I didn't know anything about graphic design. None of that. I had taken a layout netting class in college. That was really important. Yeah. And uh, anyway, by the time I got back to Chicago, I had figured out like this one stamp. Like I had a hot stamp at that point. I didn't know what a cutting die was yet. I was hand cutting all my leather journals, you know. And so I was maybe like, I started in in January of 2011 in my third year of college, and finished my my semester there in Argentina. Came back to States and said, okay, I'm gonna make these journals. And I was like head down on the workbench, designing out these patterns for a long time, nonstop. Actually, even in class and whatever, in my last year of college, I was always like drawing in my notebook, working on the um, design of like the wooden stands that carry the journals and all that kind of stuff. And you know, my friend from, from high school actually became the first guy to draw, my friend Lowell, he became the first one to draw the uh, Walk and Talk logo as an actual, um, as an actual AI, you know, uh, Photoshop logo. And so like that, that process was really a learning curve. So we're gonna cut right here for the episode of part one. Absolutely fantastic. Nathan and I had so much to talk about. I hope you're enjoying the journey so far. But now we'll switch over to episode two of Walk and Talk and Big Murphys. This episode is sponsored by Lunar Ball. Lunar Ball is Chicago's largest fundraiser for Asian American young professionals and friends, which will be held Saturday, March 25th at the elegant Wintrust Grand Banking Hall. Lunar Ball attracts 800 plus of Chicago's most accomplished young professionals from over 30 different organizations for an evening of drinks, food, entertainment, and networking. So come join them, have fun, support community charities, and celebrate the Year of the Rooster. Cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> this event sells out every year, so make sure you secure a spot soon. 
I personally will be there. It'll be absolutely phenomenal. Looking forward to it. Please come say hi. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food.